Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Waffle. Today I'm chatting to someone I found on Instagram. Um, I love his work and I love his website and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens uh, with his work in the future. Today's guest is Samuel Lee Miller, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you today, Sam? I'm doing great. Good stuff, yeah. Eclipse Day today as well. How was that for you? <laughs> it was pretty wild. I actually forgot my glasses, and uh, but it it was pretty dark here, and uh, I was driving, and I had to turn on my lights. It was so dark. Pretty wild. Had never experienced anything like that before. I said, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it from the UK, but it's just clouds, gray clouds over here. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was surprisingly cloudy here too. But I guess I don't understand the the science behind it really, but. Um, we're in the like the direct path of the eclipse in here in Nashville, and so a lot of people are traveling here and just to just to see the eclipse for a brief moment. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, also the time difference helps as well. Obviously, you're in the daytime. We're coming up to the evening now. Um, so right. right. Let's just smash it out. Let's get into it. So, uh, what was your favorite logo and why? Oh man, my favorite logo. <laughs> That's such a tough question to start out with. It is. It is. It gets everyone. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, well, for me, I don't know if I have a favorite logo per se, but um, one logo that I do come back to time and time again that was really formative for me early as a designer. And I know there's some jest within the design community about this logo, but for me, it was really formative. Um, and it's the FedEx logo. Um, the FedEx logo is so simple, but yet it communicates exactly what the brand does. And when I first made the connection, I was a senior in high school and it really just was an aha moment for me. Like, oh my goodness, like, wow, you can do that. You can communicate cleverly, but also communicate the brand you can communicate strongly and um it was just like an eye-opening experience for me i really i really once once my teacher pointed it out yeah. I, I didn't see it at first i was like oh there's a there's an arrow and uh but my teacher pointed out and at that young age um it really started to started to click for me and i really started to enjoy design and um, trying to create logos that look good but also function well. Um, I think it is a really good challenge. And I think that I really try and implement that in my own work as much as possible. Um, but yeah, for me, a logo that I come back to is just as a reminder is the FedEx logo. I know it's a little cliche, but for me, it was when I started to realize that I wanted to pursue design more seriously. And like you say, it's like a lot of people say it, but it really is a logo that when you find out that, find out that little arrow, even people that aren't designers, they do feel like a little bit special and they're a part of this little club. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I remember that day I went around telling everybody I knew, I was like, did you know there's an arrow in the FedEx logo? And they're like, whoa. <laughs> I didn't know that. that. And then they're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. But yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what you can do with design. And uh, for me, that was a, a, an integral piece of the puzzle just 
to to start seeing differently. Definitely, definitely. Um, so where, what's the number one place you go to on research and design? Research for design. Well, for visual research, I dabble in a couple of different um, places. One I've been really enjoying recently is Design Inspiration, and uh, I, I think it's a wonderful tool. It it allows it's similar to Pinterest, which I also use, but it uh, it it has a function where you can search by specific colors, um, and I find that it really helps me um, when I'm building out a mood board uh, within my process for creating a logo. Um, it helps me to to create a cohesive mood board. And I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I think if, if Pinterest had that, um, what's it, that function of searching by color or if, if, um, design inspiration had a bit more depth to it, then it, then they, they both work amazingly. Um, so it's just right. like merging those two, isn't it? It's like merging those two and they'd be the perfect tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe they should merge or yeah, something. Let's pitch it to them. Let's do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's like talk about a bit more about yourself. Like when when did you first get into design and, and realize you wanted to be a designer? Right. Well, like I was mentioning before, um, I really became first interested in design in high school. I was a senior in high school, and honestly, I really just stumbled into a graphic design one class. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I really just heard from some people that you got to make posters. I said, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. I want to make a poster. <laughs> and so I enrolled in this elective for Graphic Design 1. And lo and behold, I just I fell in love with it, like, like a lot of people. And growing up, I had always enjoyed creativity and creating things, but I never really found my niche. I never really found what I was interested in more than other things. And for me, taking that graphic design one class in high school was very formative. It really was. Um, just getting to explore the, the potential of design and learning different concepts about typography, about icon design, about hierarchy, and everything that you learn in a graphic design one class. And uh, so... At the time, I was a big, beefy football player. I played inside linebacker, American football. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but um, so that was that was a big influence in my life at the time, but I still was passionate about graphic design. And so when I was trying to decide where I was going to go to college, um, those two were big factors. And so when I first enrolled in college, I still wanted to play football. It was a huge part of my life. But I also wanted to do graphic design. I found that the schedules were very conflicting. Um, they're both intense in schedules, and they take a lot of time if you want to be good at them. And for me, it was just uh, it was it was a process and a journey to to get to the point where I knew I wanted to do design full time. And so, after two years of playing football, I decided to do that and pursued uh, graphic design in college which was really good experience. Um, and then another formative piece in the puzzle for me was doing an internship my senior year at a design studio in Illinois, where I'm from originally. And 
during that time, I think my, my eyes were opened again, just at how, how much I didn't know about design at the time. Um, it was, it was a small studio, but a very talented studio. And they really just, they walked alongside me and helped me and pushed me. But at the same time, they, um, they allowed me to try and figure things out for myself and figure out how to create well and to, to communicate effectively. And so that, that was another piece of the puzzle for me. That's a, that's exactly what you want from an internship as well, isn't it? Like you want to be pushed a little bit, but also be allowed to make mistakes on your own. And, and exactly. Yeah. I, it was, well, I don't believe there's a perfect internship per se, but it was a really good one. Yeah. It was very influential, formative, and I took a lot away from that experience. Awesome. Um, you said the, obviously it's a bit different high school and, and school over here. Like To get my head around it, what sort of age is that when you started that graphic design uh, lesson? Yeah, so I was 18 at the time. 18. Okay, cool. cool. Is that like, so that's towards the end of high school, is it? or? Yeah, it was my last year of high school. Cool. Okay, so you're allowed, you're allowed to switch it up. You're allowed to switch it up in high school, are you? How does that work? Like, she was she doing something else before, or? <laughs> well, um, there's the the core classes that you have to take, and then you, you kind of have a little bit of freedom to pick your electives, whether okay. it be art or drama or home ec or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, I I really just stumbled into that class and yeah. was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Uh, for the first time, I felt like I was doing something that I was passionate about and awesome. wanted to pursue pursue a, a lot more. And I'm so thankful for that. If I, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing design. I was thinking about that the other day. I, I just don't know. Uh, and I'm, I just, I'm so thankful that I get to wake up and do what I love every single day. It's challenging for sure. There's no doubt about that. Some days I wake up and it's it's tough to get motivated. It's tough to to put yourself out there in your work and be vulnerable. But then at time and time again, as I work with clients and create my own projects, just how empowering design is. You can really shape organizations. You can shape companies. You can help them better understand their company vision and what they're about just through a design. And I think that's why the FedEx logo was so formative for me was because it really just kind of connected all of that for me. And I really wanted to empower other companies and do good with design. I think that's one of my main objectives as a designer is to, to give back and to do, do good with design. That's awesome. I should, we should sound like that little bit, that little clip. That's awesome. That's that's lovely, lovely like little speech. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, like you say, it's like getting up early or getting up and doing your own stuff and doing what you love is is the key, isn't it? I mean, like you say, it's challenging, but you, it's easy to go to a job, you know, that's nine to five you don't like and and just sit there and do mm-hmm. you know, grind it out and just. Yeah, just sit there and do like the same thing every day. But yeah, I don't know how to explain it very well. I'm not really good at explaining things, but it's it's definitely harder and, and like doing things for yourself and 
making yourself motivated rather than having a boss always like telling you. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing as well, design, like you say. Um, I'm just butchering what you said. What you said now, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, what is uh, what's your favorite font? Favorite font, man. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> I I'm kidding. Uh, favorite font for me. Uh, it's such a tough question again. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Since since the bulk of my work is client work, I try to cater to their brand and really find something that speaks to who they are, who they're trying to reach, and why people should care about that. And so I try and use a wide variety of fonts, but then also, um, I don't know, just not trying to use one, the same one over and over again. Yeah. Because I think that, that almost dilutes the font a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I've been using a handful of fonts recently, but... Um, it really just depends on the client for me and and what they're trying to accomplish. Also, that's the way it should be as well. I mean, I've, I've been accused. Well, I've, I've been uh, doing that where you just use the same font, like very sans serif and very in the trend. And I'm, I need to find clients that yeah. want to use serif fonts now. <laughs> yeah, mix it up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get wrapped up in using the same style because it's your own personal preference. That's what I'm yeah. really trying to break myself of is detaching myself from the project ever so slightly just so that I don't have my own agenda, my own preferences influencing the project. Because I think it's so easy to do that. Yeah. It's easy to say, well, I like it this way. It needs to be this way. But at the same time, you have to partner with the client and collaborate with them to, to really determine what that font or color or icon whatever it might be, uh, what that looks like and what will best serve their audience and their brand. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So have you been influenced or, or who's the most influential designer you've come across or who's your, your design idol? Hmm. Design idol. Well, that's a, another tough question, <laughs> but These are good, yeah. uh, for me, w one of the most iconic designers in my mind, Paul Rand, I mean, 100%. the guy just creates amazing work or did create amazing work. And I just love the beauty of his work combining form with function, something that I was talking about earlier, just the ability to create something iconic that speaks to what the brand is about and also is aesthetically pleasing, I think is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a challenging thing. Everyone thinks that creating something simple and iconic is easy because it's simpler and it doesn't have as much detail or isn't as challenging for some reason. But in some regards, I find that creating something simpler is actually more challenging because you have to really critically think, how am I going to simplify this concept? How am I going to simplify uh, this idea down into a couple of lines or down into a couple of shapes or one shape. How, how does that um, play out? And so I, I really enjoy his work uh, quite a lot. And he's made some amazing, iconic logos. Yeah. And they've, they've stood the test of time. They really have. And uh, I'm, I'm really inspired by him. He's, yeah, everyone, he's inspired. He inspires every designer. I mean, <laughs> that's true 
yeah, he can't get away from his work and it's yeah like you say beautiful but I think that is one of the main misconceptions about design that simplicity is so easy it's it's the hardest mm-hmm. thing to get right um, like you, you come up with an idea and you yeah. have to strip it back nine times before it's the perfect thing or not even perfect yeah I mean close. you think about the Google logo and how simple that is but yeah. uh, last year I went to a conference and there was a presentation on the Google logo construction and right. it's amazing how many revisions they went through. I know it's Google, but at the same time, the precision and execution of that logo is flawless or close to as flawless as you can get with, with logo design, I think. And it's just amazing getting the degrees and the colors exactly right. And the, the tracking and kerning of the, the letters and just really doing a marvelous job in my mind. Uh, it was fascinating to see that. Yeah, it's something the designers can geek out about, but it, like when, when you go like, present it to a client, sometimes they only see, you know, that's the logo, they don't really think about how it's going to be used, where it's going to be used, uh, what size mm-hmm. is, and that's when it goes wrong. Like you see it really small, it doesn't work. Google yeah. logo, they've got simpler ones. And That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you got to, in my mind, it, it really helps when you're presenting to clients uh, to show the logo and application. I think early in my design career, um, I always thought, well, there's some truth to that quantity is the key to quality. Producing a ton of work, just putting in the time, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think I kind of adapted this mentality that if I create 10 logos and present them to the client, we're going to land on something. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't mock it up. I wouldn't show it in context. There, I didn't think critically enough about the, what I was presenting. And I think there's been a shift in my mind over the last couple of years that you're not just creating a logo. You are. And it's important, but you're creating this brand. You're creating this feeling. You're trying to connect the brand and the audience and create this emotional uh, connection. And so for me, now when I create branding presentations, this might sound um, obvious, but I include the logo concepts. I do write-ups on why I did what I did. I include the logo construction if possible, color palette, typography, and then I mock it up on products. And so they can see it in application because I think a lot of clients will pick a logo because they like it. They'll pick a logo because they like the color green or whatever it might be. But I think it's important to see it in context, in application, because if it doesn't work small scale, it doesn't work in one color, then I think you should maybe consider something else. And so it's been this uh, transition for me in my thinking to really get to that place of not just creating a logo, you're creating a brand. And that in itself is a very important piece. 100%. I, yeah, I agree. Um, I need to sound by that again as well. It's just coming out with some great stuff. Um, what... What's the most valuable design book you've read? Or, like, or if you don't read design books, then like a bit of inspiration or something on the internet that you've, you've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you two, actually. Sure. Um, 
The first is Work for Money, Design for Love by David Airy. Yeah. Uh, I found that, and I'm still working through both of these books, actually. I'm a slow reader, <laughs> to be honest. But I find that that Work for Money, Design for Love is insightful, yet practical. And I've really gotten a lot out of working through that book and just trying to figure out how to be a freelancer, how to be a designer, how to navigate what it means to, to create good work and to cater to your clients, but also um, doing work that you're, you're excited about and proud of. And the other book that I'll recommend is Creative Confidence. It's a fantastic read. Again, I'm still working through it, but it's insightful and practical again it, it really does a, a good job of providing helpful tips, and, um, but then also um, practical activities that you can do to sharpen your creativity, sharpen your confidence, um, working with clients, a variety of practical things and their intermittent within the, the reading. And I found that was helpful for me, just kind of breaking up the text a little bit. And it, it's a good read. I would, I would definitely recommend that book. Awesome. I haven't heard of the second one, but I've got, got work for my desire for love up here. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> lovely. I've made like, so many notes on it. But um, Yeah, I read that's it, awesome. I read it on it's, a train journey. It's so. a really good read, and then I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, that's what it looks like for anyone wondering. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, great book, great book. Uh, so moving on, what last question, what is your number one design tip for anyone, anyone out there, any creative? I think the, the number one design tip that I would give today is to do your research and in doing that, narrow your focus. Because I was talking with a fellow creative recently and we're working on a project together and I honestly, I told him, don't be afraid to explore the possibilities. Yeah. And he, he kind of responded back with this insight and said, that's great. You can create anything you want. But when you narrow your focus, it really helps to create something beautiful. And it really helps you to be more creative, to create something more effectively, and maybe even... Um, expedite the process. So my advice is to do your research, get to know your client, meet with them in person if you can. If not, call them or Skype with them. Really get to know them and what they're trying to accomplish. Because if, if you're just creating something for aesthetic purposes, that's great. But I'm of the belief that graphic design should inform and communicate effective messages. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you do your due diligence and research. Visual inspiration. Create a mood board. Create several mood boards if you need. But don't, don't disregard the aspect of research in building a brand, creating a logo. And I think you'll be surprised at how... You'll create a better solution in the end when you narrow that focus down by better understanding your client and the project at hand. That's so something that I'm still working on, but 
at the same time, I found it to be pretty profound what he was what he was getting at. Hundred percent, that's awesome. I'm gonna leave it there. I don't want to take away from that. So, finally, where can people find you on the internet? Where can people say hello? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Samuel Lee Miller, and uh, I, I have a website. It's samuelleemiller.com. I was looking at the website. I like. I, there's something I haven't seen for a while. Like the half and half. I like the like the big image and mm-hmm. a little bit of text. I like that. It's smart. It's very smart. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've recently switched to that, and uh, I'm. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm really building my portfolio right now, and I had a website that showcased some of my my case studies, but um, I'm I'm working on some new exciting projects, and really just felt like those would speak more clearly to the um, the type of work that I want to continue doing in the future. Awesome, that's great. Thanks very much for being on the show. I'm, I'm sure I'll keep up. Yeah, with thanks you. so much for having me. Uh, it's been really good. It's been really good. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crazy Waffle. Hope you liked it. Let me know down in the comments what you thought of it and any improvements or any questions you have for up-and-coming guests. And with that said, if you do like this video, give it a like, give it a thumbs up, give it a share, share with a friend and, and spread the love. Thanks very much and I'll see you in the next episode.